0: Hello and it's Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. This week is the week of the Bible. And of course, every day on this podcast, we are in the Bible and we're focused on the Bible, get all of our material from the Bible. However, this week, at least for this week, we'll be focusing on just how important the Bible is. I took you yesterday to 2 Peter 1, verses 16 through 21, how... The Apostle Peter told us that even though he saw some things, he was an eyewitness to some things, he had a more sure word of prophecy, and that was the Scripture. He said, knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. He said, "Uh, prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that is describing a term called inspiration whereby God literally gave the words to men to write down from him. He didn't just give the thoughts, he gave the words. Every jot, every tittle, every single word. And all scripture we saw in 2 Timothy 3, Is given by inspiration of God. That means God breathed. That means the Holy Ghost told those prophets, those apostles, what exactly to write, and they wrote it down. That's why we say the Bible is God's love letter to you, it is God's message to mankind. That's absolutely true. And we see how the man's personality came through a little bit in the words, God created them, God used them, but God gave them exactly what he wanted them to write down. And when you really ponder that, you start to understand why, if you're in a good church, they stress so much Loving your Bible and reading your Bible and obeying your Bible and learning your Bible and listening to Bible preaching. How it's not church if we just come and we fiddle faddle around and we don't ever get to the preaching. The preaching is the main thing in a church service. Of course, it's when the word of God is opened and expounded upon. I'll get to that, I think, maybe tomorrow about how important preaching is in these last days. But the Bible is so important in your daily life. The Bible is important to know and understand. We talked yesterday, and this has helped me so much to imagine the filter, the filter for your mind, the filter for your heart. And the more you read your Bible and understand your Bible, the thicker and more effective the filter will be that you put across your heart and your mind. And so it's important not to have just a refrigerator magnet theology. A little phrase that you know, something that you've heard, maybe you know one verse of Scripture from the Bible, and that's good, all Scripture's good, but it shouldn't end there. And it's important to also understand what those verses mean in context, context meaning how it fits in the verses around it, in the larger passage, really what what it means, really. And I want to take you to a place today, Matthew chapter number four. This is such a great story. And it teaches us how important the scripture is. Yesterday, I said that Peter saw on the Mount of Transfiguration, an event, and even more certain than his eyewitness account, more sure word of prophecy was the scripture, was the word of God, and even more powerful then, and this is just incredible, and I hope you understand what I'm saying. We learned this in Matthew 4. Even more powerful than the person of Jesus Christ was the spoken, the written, the recited word of God in overcoming the devil. Now, I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus, verse 1, led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted, 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So, Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry and he's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I have fasted, I've fasted recently, but certainly not 40 days and 40 nights. And I know at the end of that period, he would have been physically fatigued, tired. Um, I don't know if Jesus was irritable, but I would have been irritable. Forty days, no food, you would be too. Verse three, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, he is going to tempt Jesus three times. And every time, Jesus is going to overcome satanic temptation with what? With scripture. With scripture. Jesus is not going to reason with him and ask him some questions and try to tie up his logic. Even though Jesus is God in the flesh, Jesus is going to choose to answer back to the devil the word of God to overcome temptation. Now, just before we read the rest of the scripture, let that sink in, please. Jesus could do no better when faced with temptation than scripture. And you and I, when faced with so many things in life on a daily basis, error, things that are not true coming at us, disguised as true things, disguised as a new Christian book and a new thought, a new religion, a new leader, a new slant on something, a new uh, translation of something, Uh, you know, it sounds good hyper grace, we're going to live in sin, but we're under grace, so it's okay, we're going to try to reach the lost in these sinful places, and some things, they could sound good, but the best that you can do is to know your Bible when navigating these uncertain times when navigating the temptations of life to sin. You need to know your Bible, and of course, Jesus did, because he is the Word of God, And so the tempter said, if thou be the son of God, prove it, basically, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus was hungry as all man and all God at once. He was hungry as a man, 40 days, no food. And Satan said, command that these stones be made bread. Verse number four of Matthew four. This is a good verse to memorize. It's a good verse to understand why we believe that the Lord inspired not just the thoughts of scripture, but every word of scripture. Matthew 4 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He's going to do this three times. And every time, this is verse 4, and then in verse 7, and then verse 10, he is going to quote scripture right back to the devil. He says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He quoted Deuteronomy 8 3, which says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And then verse five, then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. This would have been very, very high. Verse six, and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God. Cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And I think if I could choose one single thing to open up your brains and download via a flash drive into your permanent thinking, it is this right here. It is to answer maybe an error with the proper understanding of Scripture. Because you'll notice here that Satan picked up on what Jesus was doing, and this time in his temptation, Satan started saying, it is written. And he does here quote a little bit of Scripture here to Jesus. And listen, this is what I I would wish I could download, just because you hear Somebody quote a verse or some scripture or say a phrase or say something that sounds Bible-like, it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that the application that they give you for that verse is correct. Because Satan says, it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest in any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, Satan is he he skipped a phrase there from Psalm ninety one, but he is using it correctly. However, he's taking it out of context. He's misusing it. He's quoting it fine, but he's misusing scripture. If you go to Psalm ninety one, you don't have to go there. But verse number one says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. It goes on, verses two, three, four, five, six, seven talking about how God is going to sustain somebody who puts their trust in Him. Verse number 9 of Psalm 91, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And here we go. For He shall give His angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. So the context there, and anybody would be able to read that and understand, I think, um, if they if they read it honestly and slowly, they'd be able to see that this is not that you are invincible and you can do whatever you want and tempt God and throw yourself off cliffs and so forth. This is saying that when you are walking in the will of God and doing what God wants you to do, then whatever happens to you is in the safekeeping of the Lord. There are no accidents happening to somebody who is living for God. It's all in God's plan. Uh, verse the next verse, verse 13 of Psalm 91, thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. So if you're going to take it the way the devil is trying to, to take it, you should find the tallest building and throw yourself off because the Bible says you'll be fine. Well, you should also find a snake and a lion and a dragon and jump on top of all of them and you'll be fine. You see, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't do that. That's called tempting God. And so Jesus says exactly this in verse 7 of Matthew 4. Here's how he responds. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, he responds with scripture, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. This is why I said yesterday, read your Bible. Your Bible is unparalleled. Read it like a fanatic. Read it like it's going out of style. Read it like it's going to get taken away from you tomorrow. Love it. Read it. It'll grow that filter in your mind. And whenever something comes along in your life that you need help with, you have a temptation to sin, an uncertainty, a decision you have to make, you will never do any better than the Word of God because that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ used in one of His more um, trying moments in his human life here on earth. He was tempted of the devil after having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. We'll pick it up again tomorrow. God bless you. Hope you have a great day.